Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we welcome you in on a Monday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. Scotty Scheffler, my man, your boy, Scotty Scheffler. It was uh, wow. kind of ho hum by the time it ended up, huh? You know, I, I, I thought. The, the the shot he hit at three, you know, where he played it into the bank and and it went in for birdie. Uh, I think that kind of was symbolic of, and his reaction too, Patrick. You know, he didn't celebrate. He didn't go crazy. He just kind of pumped himself and life went on. And then he made yep. some great putts to save par down the stretch until he got to 18 where it didn't look like he was going to make one. But, I mean, the guy played within himself. He was outstanding. He was the best golfer on the course all week long. And as much as we felt like the pressure might get to him, it never did. And congratulations to him. And, you know, I think it was, a, even though it was not as eventful as we had hoped, we thought it was, especially when Smith birdied the first two holes coming out of the block. But, you know, give props to Roy McElroy. I mean, you know, look, he made it, a, he, he challenged it, posted seven under with that incredible chip. Uh, and uh, it was still a fun tournament to watch. I don't know how you felt. Oh, yeah, and, and as you mentioned, McElroy chipping in on 18 out of the sand, that's as demonstrative of, as I've ever seen him. I mean, like, he's not generally, like, overly demonstrative, so you could tell he was into it and just went absolutely so low. But you nailed it, Michael, as far as Cam Smith pulls within one and then Scotty Scheffler chips in on three, and that was it. You know, it's almost like that settled him down when he chipped in, and then he was just, like, on cruise control after that. Yeah, and, and Smith bogeys that hole and then goes on to bogey the next one. And, you know, I mean, look, the short game that I think he played with, and four, that chip he got, really delicate chip that he got on the par three fourth that he put really close to was was another one of those where his his ability to play around the green and, you know, I, I, I got to, you know, uh, the great Jick Jack, who's tremendous, right, and, and loves golf. He sent me a, a, a text today that I didn't realize this. So Ted Scott, Patrick, 
caddied for and probably had to go to some form of therapy when he was done. He caddied for Bubba Watson, right? <laughs> and I would suspect he had to go to some – because if you ever listen to Bubba Watson on a golf course, he blames his caddy for everything. Yes. If it rains, it's the caddy's That's fault. Right. You know, if the grass isn't trimmed perfectly, it's the caddies. You know, he just yells at him. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. So he caddies for Ted, for, for Bubba twice. He wins two Masters there. Then he gets on the bag for Scheffler. For, for Scheffler. Now, during the 62 events that Scheffler played, he only made $8.56 million, you know. And now he comes with him, and all of a sudden he's the number one player in the world. There's got to be a correlation there. Yeah, hell of a caddy, and for you to say only eight point whatever million dollars lets what's lets us know what tax bracket you're in, my friend. <laughs> no, well, I, no, I mean, no, you're hundred percent right. I mean, he just no, you're he right. just got. Like, Millie asked me yesterday how much these guys get to win the Masters. I said it's usually top secret; nobody knows. But the I think the pool was fifteen million. I think he got two point seven million to and, and a green jacket. Yeah, I mean, check check it out. Good. Check out this stat that Santos is going to show show you there. Eight weeks ago, no wins, seven, 70 PGA Tour starts, 8.7, as you just mentioned, career earnings in Jick Jack. Since then, after yesterday, four wins, 76 PGA Tour starts, 17.6 career earnings, ranked number one in the world and a Masters champ at 25 years old. Think about the disparity there and the dichotomy of what's happened over the past eight weeks. That's incredible. It really is. It's a tribute to his, uh, you know, his approach. I mean, you got to give him, obviously he did something. I would love to know what he did uh, and how he did it. You know, I mean, you know, this has just been remarkable. And and I I think it's a a tribute to his work ethic. But I think you got to give the caddy a lot of credit here, too, because their partnership makes a world of difference. You know, I I think that 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 comes through that comes through in shiny colors. So pre-tournament Scheffler went off 16 to one. You could find him anywhere between 15 and 17 to one. So 16 to one here officially. Uh, Rory, who finishes second, seven under, top five, he was four to one. Lowry, who, you know, kind of scrambled there at the end, five under, top five, he was seven and a half to one. Cam Smith uh, tied for third with Lowry. He was five under. You know, Cam kind of faded. Uh, it, it, was, yeah. it was funny, right, when he was, and he said afterwards, I heard a story about uh, Scheffler today. I guess he was throwing up yesterday morning. You could never tell that he was unnerved, right? He just really yeah, had a placid no. vibe to him. I guess he was so nervous yesterday morning. He was throwing up. You could never tell. Wow. Wow. I yeah. would have never guessed that. I thought he was really calm. I thought he was outstanding in his, in his mannerisms, his, his reaction to success. I thought really played through perfectly for me in the sense that he didn't overreact. And, you know, he wasn't like, okay, I've got this. And it looked to it looked like he was staying in the moment through every single shot. And look, we got what we always ask for at a Masters. We got Amen Corner to come through. And when our man Smith bogeyed on on twelve, you just, you know, you had to feel like that's Yep. What happened? I don't know. He said it was he said it was one of his worst swings ever. It was Yeah, I read that. He had some Uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically weird swings. He, you know what? The pressure got to him. Uh, if we're gonna be, if we're gonna be fair. Scheffler was undaunted, and I and I felt like Cam, as you mentioned, when Scheffler birdied on three with the chip in, you could just tell Cam bogeyed, and then he bogeyed the next, and he just kind of unraveled. Michael, it, it, I felt like the pressure got to him. To be fair, and, and then even after he chipped, that the next chip was bad. You know, yep, it was nothing. Exactly. Kind of got good. Yep. 
Exactly. Um, maybe we should talk about the most important part of the Masters, and that is we talked yes. about it to end the show yesterday. <laughs> Honestly, hat? how awkward was Butler Cabin? First off, this I'm not being like this isn't weird, but Hideki doesn't speak English, so he was just yeah, sitting no, there very... in the middle of them, looking, st <laughs> staring out into the abyss. He could have, you know. He could have been like Dominic, just playing with his iPad, you know, while everybody else around is talking, you know? <laughs> and I, look, Jim Nance, and you've told me and everybody said, is the nicest guy. Jim Nance loves himself some Jim Nance, so he loves getting into the romantic, like, flowery part of that. And then when they put the jacket, he couldn't get the jacket on Scheffler. And then when he put the jacket on, Hideki ran out of the room because <laughs> he was just like, he didn't understand the protocol. You think, I, he, had that, that was my favorite part. you think he had a flight to catch? You think he had a flight to catch the way he ran out of there? <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, it was fascinating, but you're right. I, I actually thought Scheffler's comments, he was kind of, I thought he, he sounded cool. He was, you know, it was cool to see him and his family together. Can you imagine? He's just 25 years old. I'm like. He looks so much older. He looks, he? He looks, he looks so much older. If he was in a lineup, I mean, if he was, I would think he's 35, not 25. Yeah, he. but look, congratulations, Scotty Scheffler, the world's number one hottest player on the planet coming in, and it pays off. As it did, What did you think when he was missing those putts on 18? That was obvious that he was kind of a little shaky there. <laughs> I, I think he was shaking, you know, and I knew he had a great, I mean, he still won by three strokes. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, especially the first one, I thought he was going to make par because he'd been so good yes. at being able to kind of convert. I mean, you know, especially on the, on, you know, in, in some of those early holes, but look, I mean, it was fun. It's a great tournament. He's got through it. He's been playing really well. He's the number one player in the world. Cam Smith, I think his scorecard, you know, looked like the Cam Smith scorecard we saw all week long. Bogeys, double bogeys, triple bogeys, a lot of pars, a lot of birdies, you know. I mean, he was up and down. And I think the question here remains is uh, for Jick Jack, uh, for Thomas Gable, is how much money will Rory McIlroy get put on him in the next tournament, the next major? Yeah. You know, the PGA or the U.S. Open, which comes forward, you know, because the way Rory's game looked like at the end there, especially his iron play, you got to feel like maybe he's right. turned this corner to get to become the champion that he's been before. Yeah, inconsistent with the irons early in the week for Rory, and then absolutely, I mean, he went so low yesterday. He's such a likable guy, too. You know what? I I don't know if you noticed this, Michael, but it the picture just gets clearer and clearer. Every technology is insane. Could, are you just blown away by how green and the colors and, and Augusta? I'm like, there is no way this is God's work. Like, are they painting this? Because it looks incredible. No, it, it, and then they say, Patrick, they say if you go down there a week from today, I think they let they let the they let everybody who played a part in the tournament play today right. or tomorrow. That's right. And then by next week, the course looks like a disaster. The, everything that the, the, it's a it's a it's a not a summer course. It's not pretty in this. It's perfectly for the spring and when they time it. And so the magnolias are in bloom. The blossoms are everything is perfect. And a week from now, it will not look perfect. But that moment that we get to to drive up Magnolia Lane and we get to experience all the history and tradition. To me, it's four great days, whether you're a golf fan or not. Excuse me, Amal. I know it offended you, but it was wonderful. <laughs> great pictures there uh, that the crew is rolling as far as the B-roll. It, 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 and you and I talked about it before the tournament started. It is wild how you're sitting in a Waffle House, 
outside of the gates of, Ma of the Masters and Augusta National, and then you drive in, and I would, I would put that, you know, it's interesting, even players from Europe say unrivaled, there's nothing like it on the planet. So, like, we're talking about maybe the finest course at, on the planet. It's just so gorgeous, and it's such, always such a great stage that is set every single year. So I enjoyed it. Look, it was anticlimactic hey, yesterday, but it, you still enjoy kind of the rhythm of the tournament. It's just so much fun. It was, especially considering that the NBA in their final game of the regular season. Oh, my season, gosh. All that. Oh, we, I, I mean, I, my head was smoking when I left the show. And then it just played uh, out. We'll talk about it. And, and by the way, I, right in my car before I came in, did you see the press conference Doc gave? Where he was I want to talk about it. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk about it. Doc is and, losing and I his mind. Talk, I want to talk, well, because first time he's ever had any, uh, I want to talk about Silver saying that he feels like the player's got to play more. I want to see how he's going to handle that. They've got an issue. If we're being honest, yeah, the they NBA do. has an issue. Because the NBA regular season, which is 82 games, is irrelevant as far as yep. how the players approach it. Doc acting weird and we've got the playoffs set up we'll get to that next year coming up on the lombardi line on a monday it's vsin the sports betting network smart journalism fascinating topics Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. In-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. It's all there. Download the app and stop by the Strip here in Vegas. If you do, bring a Nevada ID. You're ready to bet within minutes. 21 years or older. 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so a couple of things. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick yeah. Maher. This is uh, the Lombardi line. I, I, I got to apologize to you because uh, yesterday you were right. When you said if Boston had lost and the 76ers had won, 
yes, yeah. the 76ers would have jumped them. Well, because they would have been, we, we got so caught up, we, we forgot that b- b- they, it wouldn't have come down to a tiebreaker. Philly would have had one that's more ex- win. That's ex- I was so, you know, I, mean, I we apologize. Just, we I was so around confused, in circles. And I, when I left the show yesterday, I'm like, wait a minute. I, you know, I looked at the, and it, it, it dawned on me. You know, sometimes the obvious is right in front of your big nose and, and there. But it didn't matter because Memphis was retreating. We saw it with the yeah, line. Yeah, they said you know, everybody. So much, yep. So much for Memphis having the will to, to set a record for the most wins in their franchise history. Just, that retreated. Yeah, I mean, that was everybody. over. And, and Milwaukee know, and so Milwaukee did, was down 30 by the time the game tipped. So you knew they weren't trying. Yeah. And they sat everybody. Yeah, I mean, and, Boston sh- and Boston played their starters. And Boston showed up. So... Yeah, so I, I, I don't think Boston cares. I, I, no, no, no need to apologize. We, you know, we all make them. You know, I mean, the thing I think that's it was interesting is Boston. You know, could have easily. Sli- I mean, if they would have lost that game, I mean, they're playing the same time as Philly, so you know they could they could have scoreboard watched. But Boston decided to to do what they did, and now they've got to play. Right, they could conceivably play. They're play. They're going to play Chicago, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. So, uh, this which uh, made sense for them to want to play. Uh, I mean, uh, to play Chicago kind of gets a breather. Yep. No, I'm sorry. No, take no, that no, back no, no, they, no, no. They're they're Please. playing Milwaukee. They're, they're gonna, playing Brooklyn. They're going to play Brooklyn. Now we're assuming Brooklyn's going to win their seven eight matchup, which obviously uh, my assumption would be as they host that matchup, they will. Uh, I'll give you the number on that one right now, and then I want to get to Doc because I can't wait to hear your thoughts on. What, but, but before you go there, let me just make this point. You know, for all, and I think Embiid's been sensational. Don't get yes. me wrong; he's been sensational. I think he's had the greatest year of his career. He's he's done what I've always hoped he would do: was get in shape, play hard, play consistently. But I do think if you want to make the argument for where he is, why he's not the MVP, Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia all have the same record, 51 and 31. The reason Boston's in first place, Milwaukee's in second, and Philly's in the fourth seed is because they lost the tiebreakers to all three teams, to all two teams. And if you don't beat those two, how how can you say that, right? I mean, there's a certain point there. I'm not saying it's the only reason why Donnett should win the uh, uh, – uh, not Donich, that uh, uh, Jokic, Jokic should win the MVP, but but it you know it, it's there. You, they didn't beat they didn't beat the season series with Milwaukee or Boston, and that's problematic. By the way, you 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 were 100 percent right when you said the first time. So Boston finishes three, so they've got the three six matchup. So Miami's going to play the winner. Obviously, Miami's gonna, the one seed. They're going to play the eight. And then Milwaukee's going to play the seven, the winner of the seven-eight matchup. Boston plays three. That Boston three, they play uh, the Bulls, and then you got your four-five matchup with Philly and Toronto. That brings us to Philly. Doc was belittling reporters, and I'm sure you saw the video because he yeah. is. I I don't know if he's like if the heat's starting to add up and he's getting frazzled. Oh, yeah. But what is going on with him? Because that's that was uncharacteristic of him. Well, I mean, he's been in Los Angeles. He had a pretty friendly media out there. You know, nobody challenged him out there. In Philadelphia, it's a little bit different, right? So last night, for anybody not paying attention, he finally played this young kid, Reed, who had been on the team. Now, no one thinks Reed is a superstar. Let's put that out there. And no one thinks Reed is going to be able to tilt the balance of power for the Philadelphia 76ers. However, Reed is very athletic. He's been the G League player. He's been, he's got spring in his step. He's tall. He's long. He can run the floor. And most people here in Philly are just trying to get the kids some playtime because he's done everything he could at the G League, but he can't get playtime. 
And neither can this other kid, Bassey, who they picked in the second round. Both long athletic players. Doc refuses to play him. Last night, the kid, Reed, comes out and is sensational. Now, I know it's a meaningless game and Detroit didn't play anybody, but but they were all playing together, and Reed was like 14. for Reed had 25 points, a bunch of rebounds. I mean, was in the open floor. It was great. And so the media is asking him about Reed. And, of course, Doc, who doesn't want to admit it, ever admit a mistake, he comes out and says, you know, well, let's, now this isn't a Paul Reed victory tour. We're trying to win a championship. Exactly, Doc. We're trying to win a championship. So play some young players. I mean, play some young, develop talent. Develop the young. Look, no one's counting on Paul Reed to be the second coming of Giannis or, you know, Willis Reed coming out of the bench. But the reality of it is you have no bench. You've watched Jordan. You watched Millsap. Neither of these guys could have done what Reed did on that court, regardless of who the talent was out there. And yet he's still indifferent and indignant to the press. If Bill Belichick would have talked to the press the way Doc talked to the press last right. night, oh, my gosh. Right. It was... Correct myself, Celtics play the seven. My gosh, I'm out of control with these seedings. Um, so he, it, it's almost, and you, I don't know how you were ahead of this, but you've been called, you've been talking about Doc leading up to this, but that was, this is the meltdown. And it's the meltdown at the wrong time, by the way. We're about to start oh, the yeah. postseason. Well, he knows he's going to, he, he's, he's framed. He knows he's going to get framed. Because first of all, Doc isn't playing a style of basketball that the general manager, Maury, wants exactly. to play. Maury wants to run, and neither is he playing the style. Even though Harden can't run, they want him more of an open court. They want to be able to run it. I mean, he knows this. Now, can he get the Laker job? We know Frank Vogel was finally put out of his misery. And he can leave, and Frank Vogel could probably write a book on what it was like working for LeBron James as a general manager. That would be the title, <laughs> LeBron the GM. You know, and so now they got to clean up this mess. So we'll see. But, I, I mean, look, no one's saying, and I want to make this really clear, I'm not advocating that Paul Reed is the savior for Philadelphia. What I'm saying is I've seen enough of Millsap. I've seen enough of Jordan to know they're not, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I know they're not. And, and for political reasons, they don't want to sign Cantor. So what's under, you know, whatever you want to do, that's fine. It's your team. But you better develop somebody because you're going to need some eight or nine backup minutes. And so when you refuse to play the guy in November, December, when the games don't matter, and now you don't have anybody in March, which is what happened last year. I mean, Maxie is one of the top young players in so the league. Good. He refused to play him last year. And the only reason he played him was because he had to. And then he played him in the playoffs, and it wasn't quite enough. I mean, he's going to take full credit for developing Maxi, which is just absolute nonsense. Just complete. I've watched this whole thing manifest. It's nonsense. He's developed nobody. No one in his career. It's like trying to say John Gruden's developed quarterbacks. No, no, no. You get him a veteran quarterback, he'll coach the hell out of him. You give him a young quarterback, that kid's dead. I mean, what he's done to Shake Milton as a player oh. is, is criminal. Like, Shake Milton at one time could score. He's beaten Shake Milton in the ground where finally Shake Milton said last night, at least I, got, I, I took the loose around my neck off, and he scores 30. I mean, it's been horrible how he's just destroyed any confidence in the bench. I mean, course, Mott, you can't even put him on the court. You can't even put him on the court. I'll give you the Raptors 76er series price, but first let me give you the Bulls Bucks, Michael. So Bulls, no surprise, the Bucks are a huge favorite with the three six matchup against the Bulls. Head to head record, the Bucks won four, Bulls nothing. So four zero for the Bucks on the season series. Uh, the Bucks are a minus nine hundred favorite. If you want to bet the Bulls, yeah. you can come back the other way plus six hundred. So no surprise. 
Uh, as far as, do you want to take a shot at the Raptors 76ers, the 4-5 matchup? Do you want to take a shot at the series price? I think he might be a little surprised. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think I think it's four to two. Let me just give my prediction. The, the Raptors win the first game. It's four two. They win. It win in six. Well, then if you were a bet and man, you, and Bill Ad can put that in the newsletter, you can do anything you want with that bad boy. Raptors in six. Raptors in six. You heard it here first on the Lombardi line. And if you like Raptors in six, you should you can bet the series price at plus one sixty five on the Raptors. The 76ers are minus one eighty five favorite in the series. That to me feels a little heavy because I don't love the matchup at all. This is a frantic competitive this Raptors team is gonna give the 76ers fits in this series. Rick Carlisle had a great point after he played. He was really being very complimentary towards Embiid, which is very deserving so. But he also said it's going to be interesting how people treat him in the playoffs. And we've seen playoff basketball, which is completely different than, play, than regular season. We don't even know what the hell the regular season is. Silver has even acknowledged that now. Yep. But we've seen Utah just be one of the best teams in the West and get completely neutralized because Gobert can't do anything because he's, you know, they force him. It's going to be interesting to see what teams do with Embiid, how they handle the pick and roll. We know this about, about the Philadelphia. Their defense, when all these, their guys are on the court, is not very good. They don't handle pick and roll, and Toronto will really – I mean, they're going to have to win 132, 126. They're going to have to win a game with, with a lot of points, and they've got to hope they shoot well. And I'm telling you, as an expert on a team that can't shoot, they can't. Harden, since he's been in Philadelphia, is shooting below 30% from the three-point line. Digest that for a while. Head-to-head, the Raptors 3-1 and against the Sixers this year. Minus 185 on the Sixers to win that series is ridiculous. That price is wild. It's trapped. It's a trap. It's a so, trap. So, you're saying it right now. Raptors in six. 4-2. It's 4-2. I told somebody in the league, 4-2. Playing games tomorrow. We'll set those numbers up next here on the Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get everything you need to bet on baseball this season. 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data strategy for 19 bucks. Our all-digital MLB guide at vsin.com is available now. Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams. Plus, Jason Weingarten's MLB future bets, trends, and more. These guys are super sharp. Make sure you check it out. Sign up today and get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only 19 bucks. VSIN.com slash spring. Remember, we've got the draft guide dropping as well. I, you know, you and I have joked in the past sometimes about sandbagging on your teams. I don't get the impression you're sandbagging with the 76er team. You got the, no, se- you got just, the Raptors in six, I, and I think that's legit. I think to me, there's two teams that I, I try to watch really religiously. Uh, three, I watch Miami quite a bit, and I watch the Mavericks uh, quite a bit, and try to gleam. You know, the Mavericks sometimes are on a little too late for me to to really, but I do watch Philly, and I do watch the clips of Philly, and I and I've seen this this whole thing, and I watched them last year, and I know they can't shoot. I mean, yesterday, Tobias Harris, I mean. It is truly going to go down as one of the worst contracts in the history of sports, not just basketball. I mean, the poor kid, they've overpaid him. It's not his fault. He had to take the money. Why not? It's Helton Brand's fault. But you know, he's trying to be dribble, 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 trying to score to prove his point to Philly. And 
I think the pressure of this season is just laying right on top of him, and I think that's why Doc's reacting the way he is. And it will not be good. It won't be. There will be no really positive endings from this. Thomas Gable, Borgata, our buddy, he joins us. TG. Oh, I love to know what he thinks. I know. Yeah, me ask too. Him what he thinks. Well, so where where are you series price 76ers Raptors? We'll start there. TG. Hi. Hey guys, yes. Uh, so Sixers uh, laying dollar eighty five uh, for the series price. So Michael, I know you're uh, you're already uh, saying the Raptors are going to take it in six. I like him in six. I really do. We know Thibel can't play. Uh, he's not going to be able to play up there. They're going to play. Th- I think it's two three two. Correct is my understanding of it. Which is why I like it to go, because if they'll yeah. split in Philly, I think they'll win all the games up in Toronto. I don't think, you right. know, and then, or, and then have to come back and 2-3, two, 2-3, three, two, three, and then they'll win one more in Philly. I mean, Philly doesn't, they're, they're not going to be able to beat, this is hard game for Philly to play. And, and I do think the regular season becomes problematic. I mean, the other, last time they played them, Thomas, I mean, they didn't have Van Fleet. They didn't have their other good player, uh, OJ. And so, like, uh, I mean, how how is Philly going to keep up with them? And we know this when when Brooklyn ran and forced them to play transition defense, there was no answer. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, especially in Toronto with no Thibel, um trying to to guard Siakam. You know, Thibel's uh, great on the wings, and you know, without him, uh, you know, Siakam's. I don't see really the Sixers having an answer for him. And so it's going to be tough sledding when they get to Toronto. And like you said, if, if Toronto can steal a game in Philly, um, you're really going to see the shift there in the odds. And um, with really, I think Toronto is going to be in the driver's seat at that point because, I mean, this is a big deal to not have Thibel, your best defender, uh, available for you know potentially three games. Yep, mm-hmm. it's, no it's big. And, uh, yeah, the series structure, 2-2-1-1-1. But, Michael, I, I don't know if you agree – I, I, w- I would love to see the first round go back to f- uh, best of five uh, as opposed to yeah. seven because you get some of these series that are so specifically in the NBA in that first round, you get such lopsided series. Um, we don't need to see seven. So anyway, um, TG. But I mean, I think two, 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 one, one, one sets up for a, the sixth game. And what Philly's opened up as a four and a half point favorite. How do you make a team? And yep. I understand that you're trying to get betting on both. But Thomas, like, why are they four and a half point favorites? I think that line will close by Saturday somewhere around two. Uh, I I don't like. I would actually make uh, Sixers at home about a four point favorite. Um, you know, again, we'll see what what kind of money there comes in on Toronto. But uh, I think for Game One, I don't see the I don't see the line moving uh, that much for at least for Game One. Um, I think this is uh, it's probably going to stay right around four four and a half. So tomorrow we've got the seven eight matchups East West. You've got the Cavs Nets. This number I got an opening eight with the Nets laying it at home. I jumped up to eight and a half. Is that where you're sitting there at the Borgata, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, eight and a half currently, and uh, you know Nets won three of three or four from Cleveland this year in the regular season. But uh, you know, I, I guess raise your hands if you thought at the beginning of the season you'd be seeing Brooklyn and Cleveland in the playing game, right? I mean. Brooklyn was uh, certainly one of the favorites uh, for the conference. And still, if you look at their their odds to win the conference, they, they are uh, the second batting favorite right now behind the Bucks. The Bucks are plus 240, 
And Brooklyn's plus 320, which we actually adjusted uh, yesterday. We had somebody come in and put down 100,000 on the Nets to win the Eastern Conference, and it got plus 340. Um, so, uh, I mean, Durant and Irving, obviously, when you have them on your team, um, that, that's what makes you the second betting favorite to win the East. Um, Cleveland, they're, they're holding teams to 105 points per game, which you know, that's one of the best marks in the NBA. But uh, the winner of this game is going to get the Celtics, who, um, you know, they have uh, basically the same odds as the number one seed in the East, which is the Heat, plus 450. They're both sitting at plus 450 to win the East. And uh, the, that's going to be a tough matchup. Um, you know, Celtics are the one team, I think. It, it's, this East is just, it, it's going to be so interesting in the playoffs. Be, we, be, yeah. Between the Celtics, it, you know, the Nets, if the Nets do uh, beat Cleveland here in this and, and go on to that series, and with the Bucks, and then whatever's going to happen with the Sixers-Raptors, this, this East is just shaping up to be must-watch TV in the playoffs. It really yeah, is. I, I think... We're going to get it. I think we get a first round. I mean, I think we get a first round. Uh, we get a conference final game in the first round. I mean, there's no, there's no really other way to look at it, right? Yeah. If you're seeing uh, Celtics Nets, you mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. I I agree with that. That's going to be that's going to be an incredible series. And who? What do you think the series? I'll ask you both. What do you think the series price would be there, Celtics Nets? Michael, take a take a stab before Thomas answers. Meaning, who's favorite of that series? I would say Milwaukee two twenty five. Thomas, I'm sorry for which series? If it's if it's Boston Nets, which we expect, who who do you okay. have favorite in the series? Uh, Nets will be Nets will be favored. The Nets will be favored, but it, they'll be a short favorite. Yeah, that, that that's a great wow. that's a great series. <laughs> Yesterday was wild. We were I was joking. I I messed up the uh the scenario to start the show, Thomas. Yesterday was wild because as a bookmaker, look, Milwaukee laid down. They were down 30 at the tip. <laughs> you know, yep. Boston shows Memphis doesn't care about setting their regular season win record as far as a franchise. They didn't play anybody. It was crazy, yep. I'm guessing as a bookmaker. Now, I mean, you saw big, big moves um, on spreads and totals yesterday uh, throughout the day as, as you know, news came out and who was going to be sitting, who wasn't going to be sitting. Um, and, you know, it, it just it got to the point where we mentioned, uh, you know, the Blazers yesterday on that. I said that, that could be 27-and-a-half, uh, where it was 17-and-a-half, that, that spread, and the Blazers laid down as expected. Um, so it was, it was just one of those days where, you know, you really had to be paying attention uh, out there when uh, news was breaking. So at least now in the playoffs here, it's uh, it's going to be a little bit better because you actually have guys trying and, and playing because uh, the regular season, just it's, it's so tough in the NBA. It really is. And the question, it, Michael, it really is, is. the question is, will he or won't he as far as Kawhi? Are you either of you? I mean, every time I try to get an update on Kawhi Leonard, and that is the seven-eight matchup in the West tomorrow night. That's the late tip. Clippers, yep. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota open two and a half, up to three. So you know, obviously Kawhi's not going to play tomorrow night, but could he be ready for the postseason right. after the planes? Is the question, Thomas? That's the that's the rumor we're going around right now. Obviously in in L.A. that. Uh, you know, if the Clippers advance, that uh, Kawhi could be could be coming back for the playoffs. Um, I saw uh, Timberwolves two and a half point favorites here in that one. Uh, this is going to be uh, another great matchup here, and 
obviously you have the, the Patrick uh, Beverly angle uh, going in this one, um, where you know I'm sure he would love to uh, to stick it there to the Clippers, and you know certainly you give the edge. Um, you know, in the front court there to Minnesota, I think, you know, when it comes down to depth and the bench, you have to give the edge there to, to the Clippers. But uh, it's going to be a great game. It is. It, yeah, I mean, those are two. Minnesota's a fun team to watch with those big three. They players. really are. They've been, they've come out of nowhere, and, and the coach just got his contract extended. They actually got things turned around a little bit up there. Quickly, you know, it feels they, like, you know, quickly, well, too. Well, once they got rid of that owner and he stopped make meddling with Taylor. decisions, they get some people in there that know what the hell they're doing, and they can, you know, kind of go with it. And they got three really good players, it means two. So, you know, I mean, they're not devoid of talent by no means. Nope. Not at all. TG, I got 20 seconds. How'd you turn out with the Masters at the Borgata? Uh, very good results here, both in the outright market and uh, in the matchups, which is where we take the lion's share of our uh, handles in the matchups. But we made out well in both uh, both markets there. And thank goodness for that Tiger liability at every book across the nation, because oh, it's, it's it's sentiment, sentiment reigns when it comes to betting. Thank you, Thomas. Appreciate you. Have a nice week, buddy. All right, thank you, guys. Okay, Will Hill's next here on the Lombardi Line. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when they sign up at BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. So let your friends know about MGM. Tell them today you're going to get 50 bucks. Sign up, register for a new account and you're ready to go. Okay, you're going to get that 50 bucks. Make sure you get over to BetMGM. It's refer a friend, betmgm.com, or simply download the app. Rewards issued as a non-withdrawable site credit, so you can bet it as soon as you get it. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Michael Lombardi there hanging out with his buddy Cooge. Um, 
Hey, we welcome in our buddy uh, Will Hill, and I will say this, so people that don't know, to toot his horn for him, my man Will has been off to a great start in Major League Baseball, as we say hi to Will. Of course, the New York City cast, what were you, like 7-0 and going into yesterday or something like that? Oh, yeah, I'd hit about eight or nine in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I gave a nice, fat chunk of it back yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, uh, I had a bad day yesterday in baseball. <laughs> yeah, Yankees and Mets really both did, won winnable games. Yeah. Did you see the woman who played a $10 bet down at the Beau Rivage, I think, and got 30000 playing every Ooh. under known to mankind in baseball yesterday or two days ago? Was did that the one that, that Chick Jack sent? Wow. The, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't know you could make that kind of money in baseball, but I guess you got you know the probability of it all going under uh, is, is so rare that she did, and it was it was a, just it was under. What it had to be what twelve teams or something? I'm gonna find it right okay. now. Yeah, it, it was. was I mean, yeah, money. No, you're 100 percent right. It was one, two, three, four, five, six. It looks like she played twelve unders on. And his $30 bet collected over 33000 My gosh. Wow. That was on the ninth. So it was on Saturday. Michael's right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Twelve unders hit, and she cashed for over $33,000 on a $30 play. <laughs> Cough it up, Jick Jack. My goodness. Jick Jack will play. Hey, listen. Hey, but... Yeah, you, you and I both got killed in baseball. We won't go there. Uh, how are we feeling? Yesterday, NBA wraps up its regular season. We've got the play-ins tomorrow. The Nets are laying eight and a half hosting the Cavs, and the Timberwolves are laying three. I just saw a book go to three and a half hosting the Clippers. Any thoughts there? Yeah, yesterday was uh, was kind of a snoozer. Not a lot of excitement, not a lot of drama. All the teams were settled. Really kind of an anticlimactic end to the season. Um, you know, some of these teams just didn't show up. Uh, Net Nets, Cavs. I can start there. I, I do like the Cavs just because I, I, you know, I mentioned yesterday with the Nets and the Pacers. The Nets don't make it easy against anybody. The Pacers were hanging around in that game. It's a one-point game, middle of the third quarter. They're just so small. They have a hard time getting stops. It looks like Curry's going to play. Uh, I do think the Nets win the game. You know, it's a tough matchup for the Cavs because what they do well is defend the rim, defend the paint. And the Nets are a perimeter-oriented team. They don't attack the rim. So, uh, and again, you know, Cleveland doesn't have great perimeter defenders. Uh, you know, I don't know who they put on Kyrie. Maybe they try Rondo. I don't know who you put on Durant. Maybe they try Mobley. They'll probably double Durant a lot. Uh, I think if you're the Nets, you got to worry. You know, Durant's just carrying such a load at the moment. Uh, at some point, does he run out of steam? They're just so dependent on him. That being said, the Nets, they just don't guard enough well enough to, to pull away from anybody. So, you know, expecting them to win by nine or 10 points is asking a lot. I do think the Cavs will just hang around because the Nets are just so bad defensively. What, what do you think if they get through this one? I mean, what do you think of the, of the Nets in the next round? Well, they would get Boston without Williams. Yeah. I think that's a coin flip series. I would lean Boston, but I wouldn't be shocked if Boston beat them. That being said, they're going to run into a brick wall in Milwaukee. I don't think they can beat Milwaukee unless they get Simmons back and he can, you know, go right back into being a top five defender. I mean, for all of Simmons flaws, they really need him because they're just so small and they can't defend and they need Simmons size and, and you know, his ability to defend these wings. So I would give him a shot against Boston. I, I think it's really hard for them to beat Milwaukee. They say Simmons is is uh, maybe not for the first game, but they say there's some there's an opportunity he could come back. I mean, you know, and and if he just comes back and plays defense, he could play. I think Woj had it did yesterday. He could play maybe ten to twelve minutes. 
Yeah, and they were kind of vague about when he would come back. They said at some point in the first round, well, is that game two? Is that game six? I mean, who knows? If it goes five or six, I mean, he's not back for the series. And like you said, 10, 12 minutes, that's not really giving you a lot. It's better than nothing. But I, I just think they're just not good enough defensively. I mean, they really struggled with Indiana yesterday. That game was like 87, 86, middle of the third quarter. Indiana scored 125 points against them. Yeah. Imagine, but I think, and, and he didn't make a shot in the postseason last year. I think the Nets missed Harris. But imagine if they didn't get Drummond. They'd have no size. Yeah. They, like, Drummond has been a godsend for them. Yeah, he's been huge. He's been huge. I wonder if Cleveland will go small tomorrow and try to just play him off the court with, with love and marketing and, you know, try to really just, you know, go small and outscore uh, the Nets. It, it's, it's a tough matchup. They've had a good year, but it doesn't look like they're going to get Jared Allen back. Uh, that really hurts their offensive rebounding, which that would be one way to beat the Nets. Just kill them on the glass, kill them with second chances. I, I do think the Nets, that's a pretty good matchup for them tomorrow. Uh, if they drew Atlanta tomorrow, I, I think Atlanta would have a chance to beat them because the Nets are so bad on defense. I think for Cleveland, it'll be tough. Yeah, because when they start Allen, they got the three seven footers. It would yeah. be, it, yeah, it is. Um, how about the Clippers in Minnesota? This number's jumped up to three and a half at a couple of shops. I see mostly threes with Minnesota laying it. We were just talking about how fun Minnesota is to watch on offense, and they're effective. They're efficient on offense as well. Yeah, well, what what do you do if you're the Clippers? You, you got to deal with Towns. Now, if you go big and you play Zubots, Towns is going to take you out to the three-point line, pick you apart from there, shoot threes, create off of that. Or you could just go small and say, you know what? He's going to kill us at the rim, but so what? We'll outscore you at the other end, and we'll just go with shooters. We'll play maybe you know Marcus Morris at center, and we'll go with Powell, who's back, who's huge for them, George, Kennard, Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. and try to just attack you know D'Angelo Russell and outscore you. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to play small and just try to win the game you know 130 to 125. So I would lean towards the over in that game just because I think they have to play small and try to outscore Minnesota. Uh, it's interesting. Lou's been very good adjusting in game, you know, in series. Uh, remember last year they were down two on the first round, the second round, and the third round. Uh, they came back to win the first and the second round. Obviously, you're not going to have that luxury. This is one and done here. So I, it's interesting. Lou's a good coach, but usually it takes him, you know, a few games to get caught up in terms of uh, strategy, you know, mid series. So uh, fascinating matchup. I would lean towards Minnesota winning the game. I just think, you know, kind of a back and forth shootout. I, w- I would definitely bet the over here. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, I mean, look, they are, I mean, one thing we do know about Minnesota is they're offensively, they're the seventh best team. They average 114 a, a night, and, and even defensively, I know they've got limitations with, uh, certainly with D'Angelo, but I mean, they're, they only give up 111. I mean, they've done a nice job. Now, the last, the last two weeks is really where I think their defense has stepped down. I mean, they've given up 123 points, which is almost 14 points more than their typical defense does, so that's got to be a concern, and, and without Kawhi back, I I mean, if he's ever coming back, I mean, the one thing about the Clippers over the last two weeks, they have played much better defensively. They're the third best defense in the NBA. Yeah, that game's a pick. No, neither team should be laying anything. So if anything, I think you got to play the Clippers there. The games on Wednesday, William Hill, the Hornets are at the Hawks and the Hawks are laying four and a half and the Spurs are at the Pelipels and the Pelicans are laying five. Just initial vibes on those two matchups. Yeah, I would lean towards the dogs. I don't know that the Pelicans should be laying five to the you know the Spurs have played really well. It's funny as much as Portland tanked, if Portland just played their guys, Portland probably would have competed for this play and or at yeah. least you know gotten in or been close. 
Uh, would lean towards the dogs in both of them. Don't have a play yet. I got to go through it. As Lombardi knows, you know, I got to coach these teams before I can bet on them. So I got to figure out. Uh, I mean, there's no sort doubt. Of a I don't know how you're going to. You, you've got to formulate your time here. You also got to run a lot yes. of drafts in the NFL, and you're going to have to handle that in a couple weeks. I mean, you, you're going to have to say goodbye to the kids. You might have to just got to move out of the house and just focus on all these jobs you have and these hats you're wearing. Well, did you hear about yeah. the new Vison T-shirt they're putting together? It's just going to say Belichick. <laughs> it's going to say Walsh. Belichick. It's going to say Walsh, Davis. Belichick Hill. And Hill. Davis Hill. That's it. That's a Mount Rushmore. It's, I mean, and I'm but at see the bottom he of can that, do right? It. It, well, I mean, but you on every T-shirt, though. You're also on the yeah. T-shirt that has the great NFL, NBA executives. You're also on the T-shirt that has Branch Rickey on it, too, the greatest general manager in all of baseball. Yeah. I mean, and then you're also on the TV one. So you've got four shirts. Yeah. I mean, poor Belichick. He only has one shirt. I mean, he's, yeah. he's three shirts short behind you. I mean, so no, you I mean, a really once you, it, yeah. I think to me, once you get into, if you got an Australian rules football, if you went to a little, <laughs> Patrick can help you with soccer. That's two, and then we just need one more sport. Oh, we got, we just need one more sport. You could have a shirt for every day. Yeah, there's that no would doubt. be ideal. There's no doubt. The Will Hill shirt what? for every day. One more, Patrick. I don't know how the uh, the Bulls win a game against Milwaukee. That opened up. Tamp- you could get Milwaukee minus two and a half games, even money. I know that's moved a lot. That was a bad line. Milwaukee's winning that series in four or five oh, it's games. Oh, it's that's a sweep. Yeah, if you yeah. can get if you can if you can play like I don't know, late two and a half. Uh, I I totally agree with you. And you didn't mention he's passed Abraham Lincoln for the best beard I've ever seen. So, I mean, this guy is just absolutely on fire lately. Just continues to roll. Continues. (laughs) This shirt for every day. That's, That's really what it is. It's a Will Hill shirt for every day. New York City cast. What's coming up? Iron Eagle on, I think, Wednesday. We'll, we'll oh, do some the previews, best. So, yes. He, good good for you. That's a great kid. Iron Eagle yeah. is, to me, I think, I don't know about you two, I think underrated. Iron Eagle may be the most underrated broadcaster on yeah. the planet right now. Does Sneaky, funny, no consistent. William Hill, Lincoln, thank you. Appreciate you. See We're you coming guys. back here. Thank Lombardi you, Will. <laughs> Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.